normally at 8.15 Central Time on Monday mornings, Jim Wiesmeyer, pro-farmer policy analyst, and I sit down for a conversation that we call Signal to Noise. But when the federal government is closed on Mondays, we move it to right now, 10.30 Central here on AgriTalk, we are going to have kind of a an abbreviated, I guess I would call it, DC signal to noise. Jim Wiesmeyer, welcome back. How are you? I'm here without a face. Without a face. That's right. That's right. And, you know, <laughs> some people would appreciate that. I'm talking about for me, of course. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. Dude, dude, so over the weekend, over the weekend, when the when the Braves and the Cubs started their series, the Braves were were on a 14-game winning streak. The Cubs were on a 10-game losing streak. And the Cubs won a one-to-nothing pitching duel. And it was an awesome small ball kind of game. And I loved it. And I thought, boy, here we go. Well, not so much. How's your Nats doing? <laughs> uh, we've, we've won one less game than the Cubs. So, you know, we just lose three or four in a row and then win one that's been their cycle uh it's tough to watch tough to watch it's so hard to watch i'm watching the stanley cup finals (laughs) (laughs) i've just been working in the garden i do want to say yesterday i did work chip i went down to dc and the north america renderers association had the beginning of their three-day trip into dc to visit with lawmakers and things like that i want to take a quick uh, you know, quick mention here, Chip, because yeah. they asked me, they're going to be seeing staff and lawmakers, and they asked me, what what should we usually focus on? And I said, that's a good question. Keep your topics brief, one or two, and also ask the senator or representative, what are the biggest issues he's hearing from his state yeah. or dist- his or her state or district? Yep. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's really good advice. That's one thing that I try to do with every, uh, every time I have a Senator or a representative on AgriTalk in, in communications leading up to the interview, I say, Hey, what's on your priority list? I'm, I'm, I, and we, as listeners of the conversation are curious, what, what is at the top of the priority list across the country? And yes, and that leads to some really good conversations, Jim. No question Absolutely. about that. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, um, so we've got a holiday-shortened week, but, boy, they've got an aggressive uh, schedule. The, I'm going to look at the Senate Ag Panel here first because there is going to be a vote on two cattle-related measures. Jim, tell us about it. Yeah, ab- absolutely. The uh, Well, that's the Meat uh, uh, Pricing uh, Act. Yeah, yep. Pricing Act. And, and then the other one is the Meat and Poultry Special Investigator Act, which the opponents say, uh, you know, they, they already have the authority to do everything, you know, Packards and Stockyards, that's that's in the language right. uh, of this bill. But I still think both the Cattle Price Discovery and Transparency Act and the Meat and Poultry Special Investigator Act, uh, you know, Chip, will pass the Senate Ag Committee. I think it's on for Wednesday. But uh, okay. uh, I, I still think it might might be tight to get them through on a Senate to on a Senate floor vote. It's going to be close. Okay. So last week we had Tanner Bamer on, on the show, uh, uh, senior VP there at the national cattlemen's beef association talking about why NCBA was against the lower food and fuel cost act 
um, that, well, it was spearheaded, I guess I would say, by Representative Abigail Spanberger out of Virginia, who is going to be on the show to talk about the the legislation tomorrow morning. But NCBA was against it because of the duplicity of this special investigator. They weren't necessarily against the other issues in the in the bill, and they're certainly for the butcher block and the expansion of of capacity and and the support of that. But this this special investigator thing, Jim, has really created uh, it 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 has um, created a lot of conflict on both sides of that issue. And I, and I don't blame the opponents on this one. I've seen, we've already seen too many finger pointers out, out uh, you know, lately, Chip, but at a whole host of industries, refiners, uh, meat packers, uh, seed companies, you name it. And again, uh, Bozeman on the Senate Ag Committee has said they already have the authority. Just use it. Yeah. If, if there's problems, use it. Yeah, I, I hear that. I agree with that. But there are a lot of, cattlemen out there that want an official whistleblower see it say it scream about it and point it out to everybody that bad stuff is happening again i say that's the role of the pnsa but okay we'll we'll see i will say that abigail from virginia is spot on in what she's hearing from Virginia, from Virginia cattle producers, because when I spoke to them, they really are interested in increased uh, transparency and more yep. processing chips. So she's echoing, I think, what so, her con- constituents are telling her. So Senator Grassley is going to help push this through the Senate Ag Committee, I would imagine. What are the odds that he can round up enough votes in the full Senate to get 60 votes for this? It could be very close, but, you know, you're going to have some, uh, the, you know, the Southerners, Oklahoma and Texas from both yeah. parties, Chip, uh, uh, are just going to look towards this because that, well, how many studies have we seen that while it does not affect the upper Midwest, uh, Nebraska and uh, Iowa, to be exact, it does have uh, significant negative impacts for the key cattle states of Oklahoma and Texas, Chip. So yeah, okay. I, I got it down to one or two. Maybe they can, if 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 he if they don't mm. get right at sixty, they could be shy of one to two because it's going to take uh, that sixty vote threshold to to stop debate on the filibuster, okay. Chip. Okay. All right. Very good. Um, so we've got. I, I I am hearing more and more from the Biden administration. Uh, talk and issues that I thought six weeks ago had had gone away. But we're talking about new reconciliation measures to rein in the deficit, revive parts of the Build Back Better plan that were out there, Jim. Is that happening? I, it's only, we've been on this one, Chip, and there is a full court effort now. Talks are continuing with Manchin, the centrist senator from West Virginia, you know, Democrat, and uh, they're going to load in. I think the secret of this reconciliation, and it will be only Democrat only, uh, is including language on some expiring Obamacare programs that expire this fall, Chip early winter and then early next year. And that'll bring in 
perhaps a number of House Democrats. Now, why are I, I switched from the Senate to the House? Because the, the, uh, the very liberal House members, AOC, et cetera, uh, they might not vote for this reconciliation right. bill because they want a lot more in it. But this right. Obamacare provision, it would be awfully hard for any Democrat to vote against that, Jim. Okay. Um, let, let's talk about the state of the economy because there are more and more, Elon Musk being one of the latest, to put out a warning about recession. Uh, it's just such a strange event, Jim. We've got this weak economy with inflation and tightening monetary policy. It, 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 it's got us looking in all different directions at the same time. Yeah, and here we go again. Uh, uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen on the Sunday's news program said, although, yes, uh, Americans are hurting, uh, a recession isn't in inevitable. And uh, President Biden said the same thing shortly after. Meanwhile, you had the Wall Street Journal survey of economists, which is very, a very good survey that a lot of traders and analysts look at. And in June, they found at 44% expect a recession in the next year. Now, that's a big increase, Chip, from the 28% who forecast yeah. recession in their April survey and 18 in January. The trend is up. Okay. So the trend is moving in that direction. I feel that if the administration could somehow, some way, get fuel prices under control, that a recession could still be a very, I, I, I'm, I, I think we're in one, um, but it can be a minor recession if we can get these fuel prices under control. Is there any change on the administration policy toward fossil fuels? Uh, well, they're constantly changing, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> President Biden said by the end of this week, he should decide on whether or not that he's going to push a federal, uh, you know, suspending, I should say, the federal gas tax. That's that 18.3 cent per gallon federal tax. But that's going to require Congress to act. So here we go again. And a number of states have already done it, Chip, at the state level. But my now home state of Virginia, uh, the governor, Yunkin, wanted it, but uh, his his uh, his Congress would not allow it. So but other some other states have done it. But that's uh, a short term, because as uh, yeah. former Treasury Secretary Larry Summers said over the weekend, eventually they're going to have to go back on. Right. And, you know, that helps fund the highway system. So I, yeah. I just think it's very short-sighted, Chip. Oh, it, it it certainly is. And, you know, on one hand, we've got all these ESG, the environmental social governance considerations out there that are limiting investment in, the, in, in energy production. And I'm talking about fossil fuel energy production uh, that that we're fighting an 18 a, a gas tax holiday seems like so insignificant i guess when we're up against other issues all right jim we were talking about energies there at the end of the last segment and there's been a deal struck between a u.s natural gas exporter to supply germany with natty gas isn't this only going to amplify talk of some kind of export restrictions 
It'll put the pressure on for sure, Chip. And even though uh, uh, over the weekend from Friday on, we had a downtick uh, in, in energy prices, uh, there, it's, it's not going to last long, probably. But here's something to watch out for. Two Americans and three Iranian naval vessels had a recent confrontation in the Strait of Hormuz. And that's that checkpoint, choke point for global oil shipping. If something were to occur there, Chip, all all bets are off on whether or not they'll do or not do any any halt or suspensions of gas uh, exports, uh, uh, wow. natty gas out of here. Something to watch, Chip. And meanwhile, yeah. Granholm, our energy secretary, is meeting with refiners this week to find out why aren't they refining more? Well, they're going to hear what they've been saying for weeks. They're already at near capacity and primarily because of, of the increased regulations. I did a check, and the first year and a half of the Biden administration versus the Obama administration, because Democrats, it's just a okay. fact, they usually increase regulations. Biden is two to two and a half times uh, increased regulations versus Obama. That says it all. Well, <laughs> you know, it, it does say a lot, but here we are with with refining capacity. As you said, the the refiners say that we are basically at capacity, correct? Very close to, yes. Okay. So even if we increased oil production, how does that bring down gas prices? That's called a dilemma. Okay. Um, so don't we need to encourage investment in, re in adding refining capacity, which is going to take a loosening up of rules and regulations to cut some red tape to get it done in any kind of timely manner? And, and it just goes against everything that the Biden administration has talked about, even back into the campaign days when they said that they were going to end fossil fuels. Yes. And it's some of the language. Once we get the final of this, let's connect Man. dots here of the reconciliation bill. Senator Manchin is insisting on some some language regarding uh, crude oil. So it, it, that's going to be very interesting to see if they open up that industry, even though, as you said, it goes against everything, President Biden and specifically uh, others in the administration, yeah. John Kerry, to, to, to be exact. But something's going to have to give. That's why I, I, I'm saying, you Jeff, know, we're going to have higher gasoline prices longer than people think. Yeah, if we can increase oil production though and start adding to surplus and adding to inventory, it does bring that it does bring crude oil prices down and it's cheaper to make gasoline from from $50 crude than it is from $110 crude, <laughs> which can bring gasoline prices down. So, That is true. Let's pump baby pump. <laughs> I mean, that is true. And I did notice a wire service story. I don't know whether it was Reuters or Bloomberg that's saying we're building up finally some inventory of fertilizer. I don't know whether you saw yeah. that. That's yeah. a good thing. That's a yeah, good thing. Ab absolutely. Okay. Um, we've got some dates set now for Supreme Court to hear two very important issues for agriculture. Give us the update. 
Well, on Proposition 12, that's the biggie in the uh, in, in the pork industry, where the news of Friday or over the weekend, the U.S. government announced that it backs the National Pork Producers Council and the Farm Bureau in their Proposition 12 Supreme Court case. Now, yeah. and the Supreme Court's going to hear the begin hearing the case, I should say, October the 11th. Now, to recall that this thing is a heated argument uh, at many levels, the Senate Ag Chairwoman, Debbie Stabenow, urged USDA Secretary Vilsack to support Proposition 12. So there's your, 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 your differences within uh, uh, among the Democrats. Then on uh, October 3rd, Chip, uh, the Supreme Court's going to hear the wetlands case. Uh, so we're, we're going to get some key uh, issues for the business of agriculture in October from the Supreme Court. Okay, that's October 3rd on October the wetlands 3rd. case. Now, yes. what are the odds that EPA is going to try to put a final rule out on the waters of the U.S. before that October 3rd decision? Or here? It, could well, it could well be. But uh, remember, these are hearings and they still have to rule at the Supreme Court. Now, I think we and others have asked Regan about that, EPA Administrator Michael Regan, and he says they will be complimentary. Other people are not so sure. But that's how Regan answers that question, that they don't want to get too far behind in promulgating the new rule by just right. waiting for the Supreme Court. So there's your argument right well, there. Well, then they then they lose. If they don't have a final rule out before that Supreme Court decision, then they don't have a, a, any ground to stand on or, you know, well, they'll have to, to They'll have to modify. Don't, don't ever bet on EPA to come out with final rule in October. It's just not going to happen. Think it'll be near the end of the uh, end of the year, Chip. Okay. All right. Very good. Anything else? You got twenty seconds. What else are you watching? The renderers told me that in a number of cases they have had to shut down some exports of their products because APHIS didn't have enough inspectors to certify their plants. That's not good. We have to ask Vilsack about that the next time. Labor issues all over the place. Airlines. USDA inspectors, me, it's it's all over the place. Good stuff, Jim. Thanks, buddy. Anytime. We'll talk to you sure. again later. That's Jim Wiesmeyer, Pro Farmer Policy Analyst.